Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. And today, we've got a special guest with us. We have Eric from EMG Watches joining us on the line. So, Everett, forget about you. Eric, how are you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> How's it going over there? You, you about know, the usual? It, yeah, that's right. It, about it's, the usual, it, sorry. <laughs> it, it's, I, I think it's probably warmer here than it is there. I would imagine so. Oh, I did I did promise someone that I would ask, how cold is it in the D? Oh, um, and so we I'm mean we mean De- Detroit, not oh. not anything yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not anything down south. All right, um, in Detroit, I don't know. I'm actually over on the west side of the state. Um, oh. Ice was melting, so that's a good sign. So that was a good I mean, that's sign. what it was like today. Ugh. You so you have ice, but there's less of it. Yeah, yeah, there's less of it today. <laughs> yeah, we were like dropping down to like negative, like twenty about two weeks ago. So oh man, it was cold. That's rough. Pass. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's crazy brutal. when the the weather jumps up, you know, fifty degrees, and you still have to wear a winter coat. Does I mean, does it like hurt your face or and your lungs? I would think it, your lungs would start to hurt. I don't know. I I didn't really notice it all that much. I do go in and out um at my job, but I just I don't know. I didn't really notice it too much. Are you it from there cold, originally? <laughs> yeah, I've always lived in Michigan. I uh, grew up on the other side of the state, kind of uh, southeast. Um, people in the area, like south of Ann Arbor, so they would know that. Well, Andrew, how are you doing? How was your week? I was busy. I had uh, <clears throat> just a lot going on this week. This is like the, the second week back from vacation, right? So uh, <laughs> I got my feet under me last week, and I'm I'm still like trying to trudge forward being back from vacation, which is always just, just the fucking worst. Yeah. <laughs> but making it, you know, getting getting along right yeah the weather's been weird you know it's been kind of cold but not super cold and like in between super wet and and medium wet i uh actually found out on monday of this last week that i was going to change jobs and i knew i was going to change jobs but i didn't know i was going to be changing jobs so quickly so quickly so this week has been absolutely insane for me uh and the weather hasn't helped you know it's like you, you feel, everything is keenly uh, more, I, I don't know, more impactful when the weather is bad, you know, because I'm, I'm moving boxes and I'm, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, I am so in tune with the weather because it's terrible and everything else is not great. Uh, Kim's been in San Francisco on, on work, so... Solo parenting. Solo parenting and starting a, a brand new job and, like... I had to buy a desk, you know. I've never, I've never bought a desk before. That's a different thing. You're not using like a plastic fold-up table. Uh, no, well, in, in fact, I, I may uh, for some things, but for now, I actually bought a wood desk, and it's it's great. I like it, but it's the weird thing to have to buy a desk. Um, I got a great deal. I found one, but just odd. And and you know, I think when you are you know in that in a partnership in a relationship with someone and and they're gone too all of the all of the little things that pop up feel so much like just harder right you know because you're not doing it by yourself necessarily but that that comfort or that that safe person that you have at night isn't there or whatever so i'm looking forward to kim being back and uh but i'm i'm stoked about my new my new place of work it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome yeah i'm into it whenever sam leaves i always realize how little i do at home because suddenly i have to do all the stuff that she usually does <laughs> right and uh <laughs> yeah it's not great and eric you got kids right or at least yes one. yeah I got, I got two under two. Oh, two kids under two yeah yeah 21 months and four months bruh yeah so our kids are 17 months apart betty and west are 17 months apart it sounds like your guys uh have, have about yeah, the same. same split yeah yeah they're busy yeah it that's actually at night yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I I don't think anyone I I don't think anyone or not not very many people try to have kids that close. And, and I'll tell you, I know we didn't try to have kids that close. Uh, it just happened, but I wouldn't do it any different. Being where I'm at now, uh, having them sort of come through all that baby stuff at the same time, and uh, you, you know, they're a year apart at school. It's like 
Yeah, it's really not all that bad. I think it's it's a good age to, for them to kind of grow up together and, you know, probably be a little closer. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I wish I'd had twins on the first go around and then I could just be Oh, done. man. I, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> trying to get, <laughs> trying think, to get two kids in and out round, of a car. And oh, yeah. I don't know where to put one of them. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's going up and down steps and everything. It's just bags. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. All the stuff that, that, that they That twin need. situation would be difficult for sure. Yeah. Well, well, shall we? I guess we should. We do talk about watches here after all. Yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else, any uh, any p- new news you need to share with us, Eric. Um, I mean, I think every news I'm sharing is new for you guys. So That's right. That's, That's right. So <laughs> we'll, we'll move into it. All righty. Well, uh, why don't you fill us in on EMG watches, uh, where you've come from, where you're at, uh, and kind of where you hope to go. We'll have some more questions along the way, but... Um, why don't you fill us and the, and the listeners in on this, this really cool brand doing some really cool stuff? Yeah, so right now, um, it seems like we actually have quite a bit going on. Um, we have pre-orders for our DL63 um, with sapphire crystal now instead of the mineral, mineral crystal. Um, we are in the process of shipping our Horizon orders. Um, that's taken some time. You know, we got Kickstarter orders plus some orders through our website. Um, we also are shipping NEMA orders as well. So those, I think we're up to date on the NEMA orders. But So, yeah, there's a lot actually going on. You know, Ed's got some of his own things going on as well. So, And uh, how did you guys all get hooked up? Because you're, you're all over the world. How did you guys get together? How did, this, how did this, this project become what it is today? Yeah, you know, for those that don't know that I'm uh, in the U.S., uh, live in Michigan, uh, Derek lives in Scotland, uh, in Glasgow, and then Ed is living in Hong Kong. So uh, we all met on the F71 forum in Watch You Seek, uh, which is a affordables forum. We're big um, we, fans. We, yeah, yeah. Um, so Derek and I just started talking. Um, I think the there was a a thread about a project watch, and you know he mentioned something about having the design and. And I kind of just reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I'm interested to see what you have, you know, just because I was interested. And we started chatting and, you know, I had some little sketches that I did. And, um, he liked one of my designs and actually made a render. And he just like really pushed me to to move forward with, you know, trying to make a watch. Um, you know, it wasn't even our, you know, our deal. 63 was our first watch, but that wasn't even the design that originally started it all, I guess. Um, we actually had a you know, my plans was a dual crown GMT and, um, the, the DL 63 Panda just kind of came about. Um, Derek had worked with Ed with, uh, I think the bun project. And also there was a IWL, which is the international watch league. Uh, there is a ST 19 chronograph that they made there for that, for that form as well. So, um, we reached out to Ed for that, um, to make a Panda dial cause, at the time, there wasn't really affordable Panda chronographs that, you know, really caught my eye. So, you know, we, that kind of jump-started everything, I guess. So so what the, the Dual Crown GMT, that's not something you guys ever wound up making? No, no, yeah. Um, I mean, with the, I know you guys mentioned with the Orient watches about GMT movements, you know, automatic movements, there's really not a whole lot of affordable options. And, you know, as a startup, you know, we weren't ready to put that type of money into, you know, into a watch, you know, we were starting from nothing. So uh, we, we found that that project would have been a little probably out of reach for us um, where that the DL 63, you know, we were able to make in small batches. So it was actually um, really a great fit for, for our starting up. You know, we didn't really put any money or personal money into the, to the brand at all. That's really impressive for a startup to yeah, have, to, have to have a, a liquid investment right up front. And that was actually yeah, something it, that, I, that kind of caught my eyes. It, it seems like you guys are, are doing it not necessarily risk-free, but with pretty minimal risk. At, at, um, and I imagine you guys are, are funding the orders through the pre-order. Um, and I, I'm just wondering that how the 
like what what your guys' design process looks like when you decide to to launch a new product. And we've got we've got your lineup sitting here in front of us. Um, we've got two of the DL sixty threes, the Horizon and a, and a Nemo in front of us. And I'm I'm really interested in your guys' design process and and what that looks like and how you come up with these ideas and then how you get them all the way through to production. Yeah. So um, you know, with the starting with the DL sixty three, like I said, there at the time there wasn't an affordable panda that was, you know, very classic looking, you know, I'm, I can't even think of what was available at that time. I think that the the one Orient um, panda dial was available at, around that time, but mm-hmm. the yeah, Neo the 70s. Neo 7, yeah, that, that one still, you know, it just didn't really, there was things about it that just didn't really click for me. So, you know, I, I was like, oh, we, you know, this is a, a good thing to jump on, you know, right now there's nothing available, you know, in the affordable range that, really has that classic look um you know with ed you know we were able to uh, our first batch was like 75 watches where you know most manufacturers that you go through you have to have a minimum minimum order quantity of 300 so right um, so it was very it was very doable for us so i mean how'd you get that lower moq for i mean is it just a connection or yeah so um with the the smaller quantity we were able to you know, basically we piggybacked off the the 42 millimeter uh, Seagull 1963. We designed our own dial, added some different hands on there, and but we used the same case, same crystal. Um, so it was we were able to skip, you know, all the engineering of the case, and it just, you know, it just worked out. So then this, so this, uh, I I don't know, and I hope this isn't pejorative, but this dog bowl shape of the DL 63 then is taken from the 42 millimeter 63. Yes, yeah, it shares the same exact case. So that's kind of, I again, see. that's how we got to lower quantity. I see. I tell you, I, I do really like this case. I've never seen anything else like it. Yeah, I think uh, Marlowe actually has, their their chronograph is similar, but they have the external uh, bezel. I do, I do love these 63s. They are just... Just terrific. Uh, I, I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one all, I know all you day like today. The, the thirty-eight millimeter one. So yeah, these are these are terrific. Um, and how did you did you guys pick a dial? How did, how did you go through that design process? And especially with the three of you working uh, together on it, what is um, do you all just kind of work together to to collaborate to build a design, or does one person bring something forward and then everyone kind of works together to make some tweaks? How does that uh, what's that process look like for you guys? Yeah, it kind of, uh, I think, you know, one person kind of initiates it and then we kind of just go back and forth, you know, making uh, different choices, um, you know, for our watches, for the EMG watches, you know, Derek and I do a lot of the design work, you know, Ed has some say, he, he'll he say stuff that he likes, he doesn't like, um, you know, but I think Derek and I really work through it probably the most, um, a lot of, he does the, the computer rendering, you know, and I will show them examples of different watches to say, Hey, you know, I really like this aspect of this watch, you know, let's, let's try it here, try it there. Um, that's kind of how we go through designing, you know, Derek's been, he's went you know, really far with his renders. He's done some great work. Have you all ever met in person? No, no, we've actually never even, um, I've never even heard their voices. You know, we all interact just, we, on WhatsApp, we message each other back and forth. So it's all just, writing back and forth to each other. So it's actually quite an interesting uh, setup that we have. That's right. impressive. And, and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That nothing has ever happened that you, that needed like a uh, to warrant a phone call. That's actually, that's really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's really strange. I don't know. You, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it works, but it does, yeah. You guys are going to have to do like a meetup or something, right? One of these days. Meet up in Hong Kong and make Ed buy you all expensive dinner and drinks. Yeah, you know, we, we'd love to do that. I know it's going to be hard for me to get out of the country with uh, two little kids and a, a wife that actually likes having me around. So, um, right. well, yeah, <laughs> so sometime. Yeah, sometime, f- yeah, find yourself a week and, and make it happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, so- I would love to go out there for some of the watch fairs that they have. Oh, man, that the Hong Kong Watch and Clock Fair sounds like a blast. I know uh, quite a few folks went out this last year and seemed like super interesting to be in that environment i I don't know that for for me it's it makes a lot of sense but i'm sure it would be a blast yeah i mean it it looks like it you know i know the the micro brand owners usually try to meet up and it seems like it'd be a good time to 
to get to know a lot of the faces behind the brands. And and to show yours and, and hear your partner's voices. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, that too, that too. <laughs> to, to meet your business partners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To finally meet them. That's crazy. That's cool. I never would have thought that. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like, uh, you, you know, this digital age we have, it's it's the type of thing that, that could happen. And, and in fact, here here it is. We It, it is happening. A totally virtual business. Uh, yeah. And great collaboration, putting out great stuff. You guys are killing it for never having really even spoken. <laughs> now, now, do you guys... Oh, I appreciate that. Do you guys split quality control duties? No, so we all kind of have our own kind of responsibilities um you know i handle financial stuff um you know a lot of the marketing the you know the photography um work on the design derek does a lot with design um he does the rendering um, you know both him and i handle all the customer you know interaction um ed does a lot of the behind the scenes so he's kind of like our project manager in hong kong because he has real easy access to, you know, to those manufacturers in China. Um, so he does all of our quality control, our shipping. So, I mean, he does a ton of work on a daily basis. And, you know, I give him mad props, you know, for as much stuff that he does. You know, I'm not sure when he sleeps. <laughs> or or if he does. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure he does. I asked him the other day. He said sometimes. <laughs> uh, so... In terms of actually watchmaking, the the practice of of watchmaking, do you employ watchmakers in Hong Kong, or 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 who who does your you know movement work? And so a lot of times the manufacturers will hold up their warranties. So like with the the DL sixty three, our manufacturer is the one that will actually take care of the warranty work, um, but. With the Horizon and Nemo, I've been having someone here in the U.S. take care of stuff, um, and yeah, it seems to be working all right for us. You you had someone there in Michigan that does that? Um, not in Michigan. It's uh, he's actually located in Ohio. Again, just met him online, so <laughs> he's been a pretty good guy so far. I mean, it's it's a lot of trust going on with our with our business, right? It's, you know, I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, I'll, I'll wire you know. Forty thousand dollars to to Ed, you know, for production costs and stuff like that, and he does what he needs to do with it, and I trust him. And it's been, yeah, a lot of trust between all of us. Well, so back to this DL sixty three. Before we move on to maybe some of these other watches, you guys re re released this recently, and and you re released it uh, about three weeks after you told me via Instagram that you you don't have any more of them, and you're not going to have any more of them ever. I think those. Were, yeah, I, I yeah. think that's a direct quote. <laughs> yeah, that was, that sounds you know pretty much verbatim. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we we didn't have any plans. You know, we were we were thinking we were done with it, and you know, people just continued to show interest, and and then the manufacturer came out with the sapphire crystal, and I was like, man, you know, so many people were telling us that they would purchase the watch only if it had a, a sapphire crystal. So it just seemed like the kind of the right thing to do. You know, we're still keeping our numbers pretty low, so it's um, there's still going to be demand there for the people that are, you know, looking to sell theirs. You know, they should have should have any problems there. Well, yeah, I tell you, I think these ones that we have are both mineral crystal versions, and this panda I have has a fairly prominent scratch right at the right at the bell of the of the dome. And I thought to myself when I got it, I thought, yeah, that's I, I would do that. You know, this scratch, I'm not going to take responsibility for the scratch, but uh, <laughs> it certainly could be. So, you know, that's something that would happen to my watch and regular wear. So I think Sapphire is just a killer upgrade to these. And and you're doing it for not a lot more money. Yeah, yeah, not too much more. We, I mean, we plan on increasing it, you know, with our, um, like, the once it's ready, you know, we'll have our, like, MSRP or, you know, retail price um, will be a little bit higher so what's been um, we your were trying to sell go ahead oh go ahead <laughs> um so yeah we're gonna sell it um i lost my track so <laughs> i don't no, know that's, where that's all right what, what are prices on these um so currently selling for 375 pre-order or no it was selling for 375 pre-order um for the first four weeks uh, we're at 400 uh shipped now um and, and it's going to jump up to 450 retail Okay, well that's still that's still totally reasonable. Yeah. 
What's your experience yeah, with the ST1901, Ben? Um, it's an interesting movement. You know, I think from a from a brand standpoint, you know, it's it can be a little bit difficult. You know, it's it can be finicky. Um, you know, but from like a customer standpoint, man, it's a great movement. It's affordable, mechanical, you know, gives you pretty much everything you need. Um, you know, you get that nice mechanical feel, you know, hand wind, beautiful finishing. So, I mean, it's a great movement, but it can be, um, finicky from our standpoint. Well, I tell you, I've got a 1963, the the 38 millimeter 63, and I think it is, uh, I don't know if it's a, a lubrication thing, but I'm having a little trouble with it. I'll probably take it down. I've got it. We've got a guy local here that I'll take it down and, and maybe have him take a look at. But I can see that, you, you know, there's so much going on there and it's made relatively inexpensively. There's just a lot of opportunity for lubrication issues or, or whatever to come up because it's an, an incredibly complex movement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the ones that, you know, I mean, the ones that we're sending out, you know, we're making sure that they work. And, you know, usually there, there's no problem. They, they're working great. They keep great time. You know, they're, they're staying, you know, running really well, but, um, you know, it does take a lot of quality control to, to ensure that the customers are getting, you know, great pieces. What was the, uh, the thinking behind the cork strap, which I absolutely love. What, where did that idea come from? Uh, I'm trying to think of who the first person I saw. It might've been, um, El Geek on on Watchy Seek. I don't know if you guys were familiar with yeah. him. Um, he had it. He had one that was made, you know, a custom made strap. So then uh, I just started searching for cork straps. You know, I found some really cheap ones that you know weren't ha- like didn't have the rally holes in there. So I would actually, you know, I bought a, a leather punch and would punch rally holes in my straps you know yeah. it was my cheap way of making the straps i liked without having to pay the little bit premium for those type of straps and um i started making my own that way and then i actually started buying the cork fabric and making my own cork straps and then i was like all right you know i can't go through and you know punch 50 holes you know per strap <laughs> <laughs> you know one by one right um and I actually sell them to people so i actually reached out to uh, someone i found that you know, online, you know, and, you know, I've been really happy with them. They, I think they look great. No, they look fantastic and they feel great. They feel great. When, when, uh, when I got it and I put it on for the first time, I I told Everett that this is the first time I've put a watch on with the original strap and not felt like I wanted to change it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really comfortable. I mean, it's, I've been really impressed with them at the risk of alienating a certain percentage of our viewership or listenership i'll ask you uh because it's something i wonder did you guys consider uh making this strap vegan or or vegetarian um i think that one still has leather in it so Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely not um vegan or you know animal conscious but um that was the, that was when i saw it when the first time i saw it it occurred to me oh maybe maybe this is like a, a vegan strap which i think would appeal to certain people i i don't obviously i do a significant amount of leather working and i know andrew and a lot of meat eating and a lot of meat eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and andrew's a recreational animal killer so uh <laughs> you know yeah I mean, yeah i mean that's no, that wasn't really in consideration with it. You know, I I really love the look. You know, I think anyone that's probably a animal lover probably is, you know, probably a naturalist too. And you know, cork comes from trees, so they're probably killing trees to to make these straps <laughs> yeah. too. So there's someone's gonna die. You're not recycling someone's, wine you know, bottle someone's corks. Not gonna be happy Come about on. It, so. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> well. I think that the what you know the DL sixty three is an excellent watch, um, and we both really enjoyed our time with them. But we've got two other watches, and I think both of them, for different reasons, really blew both of us away. Um, you, you know, maybe we start with the Horizon. Let's. And I, I gotta say, so when I when when you told us that we you were sending us these watches, I was on the cusp of. Well, no, I'd had the conversation with my wife. I, barring my wife's input, I was on the cusp of pulling the trigger for a DL63, and I was most excited to try the Horizon because it wasn't a watch that I ever thought that I was going to love. But I got to say, when it when it got here and I put it on for the first time, 
I've, I need this watch. I love <laughs> this thing. It is perfectly sized. The, the dome of the crystal is beautiful. And the way it catches the light, it makes the, the dial is just always different. Every time you look at it, the light is always changing on it. And I absolutely love this watch. Is that why you engraved your name and phone number in the back of it? Yeah. Okay. It's lost return too. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I guess it's yours now. Uh, tell us about this watch and how it came to be. Uh, again, you know, we're kind of seeking an opportunity. You know, we have to try to play the market. And, you know, there's no question that it, you know, shows quite a bit of resemblance of the, the Monaco. So, um, you know, there wasn't, again, there wasn't an affordable option, you know, for a Monaco style or a Monaco style style watch at, at the time we were making it. Um, you know, I think it right at the same time, uh, Stratton came out with their special too. So they like just announced it. And so we felt like we had to throw ours out there really quick. And, <laughs> and so, so you we didn't, didn't look really... like you were. Yeah. I'm pretty marching. sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we threw ours out like, you know, design like a couple days after I saw that they showed there. So, you know, I remember seeing it and like, oh man, but you know, um, you know, that was, I actually purchased that watch is it's, it's a, that's a great watch as well. So, um, you know, Stratton makes some really good watches, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what kind of what sparked it. You know, we really wanted to make something similar. Um, I didn't really want to stray too far from the case design, but you know, I did want to make it different. I didn't want to be called a copy. Um, even though we still got called, you know, copy and replicas and all that, you know, I've been told everything about that and, yeah. Um, anyway, well, what are you gonna do, right? I mean, it's who you. There's a handful of people that can buy a Monaco, and then there's the rest of us who love the way a Monaco looks. I think I like this better than the Monaco. It's slimmer. This, I mean, I think to call it a copy is unfair. Yeah, I think that's you know at first glance, yeah, it's you know it's got. I think the the outline of it is the same. You know, we kind of have the curved edges or the curved sides. But, you know, really it's a, a differently styled, you know, design case. You know, we actually did design it. You know, we went through multiple iterations. You know, we actually worked with two different manufacturers. Our, our first manufacturer kind of fell through. Um, they they just weren't getting the design right. Um, and we actually had, you know, we mutually, you know, disengaged. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, we... We did try to make it look similar. I, I didn't want to stray too far, um, but also didn't want to make it the same. Like I said, you know, it, it's. I think the Monaco looks great. The case is great on the Monaco, and I felt like changing it too much was really going to just. It was hard to make it look better by changing it. To be honest, so. mm-hmm. well, well, I tell you, I think I think what what I see in this, what I feel like you've done is you've taken the idea of the Monaco and injected emg dna you, you know looking at the dials between the 63 and you know the dl 63 and the monaco you can see the the emg dna it, coming through which i think is super cool i'm sure that's intentional um did you guys have any sort of you know you, you, there's the surfboard or i don't know if that's the right term for that bar uh across the the middle but did you guys have that in mind to sort of establish your chronograph? Uh, you know, I'm using the term DNA, so I'll stick with it. Was that something that was intentional? Um, I don't know. I think it just kind of turns out that way. You know, when you design or even like taking photos, you kind of have your own style and it kind of just comes through with each each thing you do. You know, you kind of notice that it, you know, it's it's yours and you can kind of tell the difference. So, um yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it probably just by chance it kind of came through that way. Well, is it is it rude to ask how, how many of these have you guys sold these horizons now? Uh, I'm not ex- sure the exact numbers, but we've we sold a good amount. So I mean, I've been happy with our our sales for the horizon. It, it's it's a great watch. When it came, we had it on the. Uh on the cork strap or i think you had it on the cork strap i shoved it on this this sort of reddish brown burgundy leather strap which i'll tell you as a guy who makes leather straps this this leather strap is probably the most comfortable i've ever worn yeah um, I, I don't know who you guys are using to make these but they're fantastic um but yeah stuck it on this thing and that's where it's lived it's on that burgundy strap and it's 
pretty spectacular. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's our coffee red strap. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been happy with the the quality of that leather. It's it's been holding up well. It's flexible. It's durable. You know, oftentimes leather is either stiff or flimsy, um, or, or flimsy, right? And and it seems like this is going to stay in really good shape for a long time. Yeah, we actually upgraded um, from our original. We we had a different type of leather, and and you know, it was it just didn't have a a great feel and look to it. So, um, yeah, we ended up changing, and I've been happy with the change. You know, my my Ed sixty three came on a, a leather strap that I promptly stuck in a box that I have never worn. Uh, if it had come on a strap like this, I think I'd have just stuck it on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a, uh, a couple of the, the 1963s from, or the ED63s from Ed, so um, I can <laughs> I can feel you there. So <laughs> Come on, Ed. Uh, I understand there's a, a, a story behind the... Um the stamping on the crowns on both the horizon and the DL 63. You want to share that with us? Yeah. So there's actually a couple things with the DL 63. Um, so Derek in Scotland, you know, you know, the DL is actually from his initials, you know, I felt bad, you know, with the EMG is actually my initials. And when we created the brand, there wasn't really plans to be a, a group, you know, it's it just kind of ended up being that way. Cause Derek had helped out so much and kept helping out. And so I just said, Hey, you know, let's just do this together. And then we, you know, got involved with Ed and kind of employed him, him as well. So, um, so I felt bad, you know, naming the brand EMG, you know, after myself and then having them involved. So I actually, you know, said, Hey, let's, let's call this the DL 63, you know, since it's based off the 1963, um, and then, you know, on the crown, what you guys were talking about, there's a lock. So that's to kind of just go along with my last name, which is good lock. So um, pretty simple there. Um, and then on the horizon, the, there's actually a cog wheel. Um, and that's my son's initials are COG. So, you know, that's where I got that cog wheel from. So I like to try to throw a little, um, you know, family cues in there. I love that touch. That, that makes these watches feel all the more special that there's something that personal in every single piece for, for the people who have, who have produced, I mean, coming from you guys, it's, I like that touch a lot. I think it's really cool. And, and I don't know that I know this. Are you signing the crown of the Nemo? Yeah. So, um, you guys received one of our prototypes, which didn't have a signed crown and had a little bit different clasp on there, but, the the well, production and we, models and do have a signed the... crown. We, we've seen the production models of the Emperor, so we know what the class, what the newer class looks like. I, I own a, I, you know, you know this, but I own a Emperor diver, so I think that yeah. that clasp is the same. Uh, our, ours yes. are signed with that Emperor penguin, but w- what's the signature on the Nemo going to be, or is it? I should say. Um, so on the on the crown is just is the Trekkie logo from from Ed's watches. Um, I didn't really throw any personal touches in there because it was more. Ed's watch, you know, so we we kept more to his to his styling, um, but on the on our class we have the the Trekkie logo on the little uh, was it flip lock, and then uh, on the rest of, uh, on another portion of the class we have the giant squid uh, lasered on there. Oh, cool! And I'd seen the relief on those, or at least pictures of that relief. It, it, you guys really did like a, a high end, high relief squid, right? Yeah, on the case back, um, yeah. you know, our with the prototype you guys got, it was just I think um, either like acid etched, I believe right. is the is the way that they do that. But we actually had the the production model stamped. We upgraded that to give a better look. Yeah, it looks it looks incredible. I love I love those case backs when they're when they're stamped and engraved like that. They're beautiful. Well, so yeah. it, it, to, I want to ask you about the Trekkie logo. I, you know, I, I, ref, I sort of associate that logo with with HK Ed. Um, but it, is that? And correct me if I'm wrong. I think that that's actually an air, a Chinese Air Force. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, that's the the origin from it. So Ed used that in quite a few of his watches. So, um, you know, he always refers it to as a Trekkie logo because it looks like the the Federation logo off Star Trek. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It does. No, I, I hadn't heard that, but it's that's totally what it looks like. 
Well, I got told the other day that it looks like an Oldsmobile logo as well. Oh, so. like the Alero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see it. I wouldn't have ever called it that, but I can absolutely see the similarity that people are are referring to. I feel like we've yeah. got a lot of pejorative references. I think the logo stands out on its own. I mean, I like the logo. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't, but... Um. Well, so why don't we segue into the Nemo? Because I think that the Nemo is widely considered one of the coolest watch releases of 2018. Um, And I suspect you guys uh, are feeling like it's also going to be a pretty cool watch for you. So tell us us about the, you know, Andrew and I have talked a little bit about the history. But from my perspective, because obviously I don't know uh, from your perspective how this came to be. And and what you guys are what your guys' plans are with it? Yeah, so with the Nemo, um, you know, Ed was behind the F seventy one Emperor project, um, and they were having trouble meeting their you know order you know quantities that they needed. Um, so he reached out to us said, hey, you know, you know, can we make a diver, you know, based off the you know that design and. Um, he gave us some inspiration, you know, he, he, there's this, uh, old Zenith diver probably from like the fifties, um, that he liked. And, you know, we kind of went from there. So we, we kind of used that as some inspiration and, um, we even had a little bit of, uh, I think, uh, Chris Vale from, from Nth watches, um, actually put some, uh, two cents into that design as well. Oh, so that's a huge collaboration. There's a lot of people involved with their uh, getting their fingers involved in that project. And it, it, I mean, like you said, we have a prototype, but gosh, it is terrific. I've worn this watch a lot over the last couple of weeks and I just, I absolutely love it. The size is perfect. And in the way of divers, it seems like the, they, they are trending towards the smaller end uh, at this point, but this is, this is the size diver that I want to wear always. It doesn't, it's not cumbersome at all. Um, I love this watch and the color scheme that you guys use for, for, I mean, this yellow one was one that I wasn't going to, I wasn't sure what I was going to feel about it, but I saw it. It's, it's great. It's that, it's just that kind of powder blue accent around the very outside. It, you guys killed it. I cannot say enough good things. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, so, uh, for, well, first I have a, I have a, an aside, a, a sort of a- apropos of nothing question. Did you call Chris Vale's company Nth watches? Yeah, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I always Man. thought it was. I know you guys refer to it as NTH. You've given me, but... now, now no, all of a sudden I, I have anxiety about it. <laughs> because we get called out pretty regularly for saying things wrong. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys have said uh, NTH. You know, I always take, you know, I th- remember him posting something about um, having to tell people for the nth time, you know, something, you know, don't ask for free watches or something of so- some sort of like that. But Man, I... <laughs> You, that's right that's right you've I got given from, me but... the you've given me the gurgle of doubt in my gut we you know when we started i think both of us by and large have just read about watches you know it's like i've never talked on the phone to my business partners you know it's the same deal right we've read about watches and you have these conversations in your head and you you invent pronunciations without thinking about it so we both said on the show a number of times Vostok Vostok because when, when you read the word it just looks like it's maybe Vostok or Boktok or or Boktok and <laughs> you, you know well one of our one of our uh good friends of the show and a watch you seek user oversteer sent sent me a yeah. message that, yeah, that no was like is. repeat after me you know very clearly uh, spelled out Vostok, and I was like, "Ah, son of a bitch!" You know, <laughs> but that's happened so many times now that it's hard to feel too bad. At but... this point, I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> I say things wrong on purpose sometimes, just to throw people off the trail. <laughs> well, well, I'll say, you know, I I haven't had as much time with the the Nemo as I'd have liked because I think Andrew assumes because I have a an Emperor that I don't need to wear this watch, and, and I'm kind of regretful of that. Uh, I'll say the bezel on this thing that ceramic that matte ceramic bezel is like nothing else out there um how'd you guys come to those decisions that decision on that matte ceramic bezel i mean i say how'd you come to it well we decided but maybe is there a story behind that (laughs) well you know i know i with talking with the guys about design you know i am all about matte colors you know matte dials and all that I, i don't really care for you know really shiny materials it just 
for for me, I just don't care for it. Um, so I think that's kind of I really push that on on them. You know, to go with that matte. You know, I I think there's been some other companies that have used matte ceramic, and I really liked how it looked. I think again, uh, Marlow did it with their with their chronograph. They used a matte ceramic, and I really liked the look that it that it gave. Well, it's it's inc- it's incredible. Um, it, it, it's real it's really incredible. I, I will say, and I I don't know if you guys know this, but listening to i think two broke watch snobs did an annual like award show i think it was pretty tongue-in-cheek and jokey but they named the nemo's beads of rice bracelet the the best bracelet of the year maybe the best beads of rice bracelet of the year i'm not sure which uh beads of rice seem to be kind of in this year and i thought you know at the time i was like that's that's an emperor bracelet you know um yeah (laughs) you know is it pretty much the entire case uh bracelet the whole chassis is is the same as the emperor right yeah yeah so we just uh have a little bit different bezel bezel insert and then dial in hands um you know case back you know you know those little engravings and little details are a little bit different but the the case and the bracelet are the same and 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 obviously the case is a little thinner because you have that 9015 uh it's actually the same you know that's that's one of the problems we you know, we had, or we were debating on, we were, we're trying to decide, you know, should we upgrade to the, you know, to the Miota um, and have a thinner movement, but still not utilize a thinner case? So, I mean, it is the same thickness as the NH35 it, case that, uh, as on the Emperor. I had it in so, my head that the projection on the bottom was a little bit less, uh, a little bit less protrusion, but you're saying no. No, no, it's, it's exact same. So, huh. um, you know, I kind of wish that we could have uh, talked to the Emperor buyers into using the Miura <laughs> so we could have thinned that up a little bit. But I think that's probably been one of the complaints that I've heard from some reviewers is that kind of mid-case or, or, or a little extra case back sticking out. You, you know, That's it, grasping at straws it, for it, a crit- it critique. It, it is, and it would be my criticism too. Yeah. On the wrist, you don't notice it. You know, on the wrist, I don't, especially with the bracelet, I, I don't really notice it. You know, the only time I really notice that that difference is if I throw it on a strap. But really, with that bracelet, I don't really see any reason to to take it off. Well, let me ask you this then: Do you know of any other watch company making, you know, micro brand, big watch company, whoever making uh, watches right now whose flagship diver is smaller than their flagship vintage chronograph? <laughs> no <laughs> i yeah we're a little backwards so i think uh you know with the the chronograph you know i was actually really pushing for the 38 millimeter um using the the 1963 38 millimeter case um but Derek has a little bit bigger wrist so he was really pushing and so we kind of just came to terms to use the four or the 42 instead so that's kind of how that one worked out fair enough <laughs> that's not a jab i'm just teasing i guess <laughs> no no yeah yeah but, you know, I love it in 38 too. Yeah, well, I, I tell oh, you. Yeah. So we're trying to work on it, but uh, you know, the manufacturer is working on a a 40 millimeter case, and we're actually waiting to see how that turns out to see if we want to to do a 40 millimeter or a 38. So, um, so there might be a a smaller sized uh, DL63 in the future. Well, you know, we're all about 40 millimeter cases and 20 millimeter lug widths. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so you mentioned a little bit something on the horizon is there anything that you guys are ready to ready to share that you're working on uh we started working on actually on our our original design the the dual crown gmt but um we're not quite ready to do much with it yet so i mean we're still still got a lot of work to do with it now now dual crown gmt that means one of the one of the uh, crowns is going to control the GMT hand. W- one of the w- the other crown controls the regular three hand movement. Is that right? No, no. So it's going to work like a a regular dual crown. You know, you're going to have your internal bezel that will be rotated by the one crown, and then um, everything, you know, from the watch standpoint would be from the other crown. You know, winding it and setting the time. So a static, uh, a, a static twenty-four hour hand. Then, um, I mean, it depends on what the the movement is. So sure, and, and you guys don't know that piece of the puzzle yet. No, yeah, with uh, the edit movements, you know, I think they're becoming harder to come by. Uh, I think Kyle from Stratton has some 
some connections. So um, I've been in contact with him. So um, we might be able to get a, at a movement in there. Otherwise, we'll probably have to look at something like Salida or, or you know, Ronda Courts or something. So it sounds like you, uh, you and Kyle over there at Stratton have a decent relationship. Have you, uh, you worked with those guys at all in the past on anything, or is that just a, a micro micro friendship? Yeah, just a micro micro friendship. Uh, another great micro brand owner is uh, Sergio from Durenzo. He's a he's been a great guy, and he's got some really cool watches. Um, you know, I commented a lot on one of the, on his first design, and you know, I, th- I think he's been doing some cool things. Great. Any other any other micros that you think are just doing the doing the goods right now? Uh, I think one that's not talked about that I actually really like their designs, but I haven't really had much conversation with is I guess I don't even know how to say their name. Um, is it Roll or Rue Watches? Oh yeah. Ru- I think Rue is is the pronunciation yeah. I hear. Yeah, they they've got killer watches. Yeah, you know, I haven't really had too much contact with them, other than you know asking for them to put one of their dials in a silver case rather than the black case. But right, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, you know, DLC. Uh, I'm always intrigued by DLC cases, but it seems I I just know I would scratch it up and I wouldn't like the patina. That's my my suspicion. Be less clumsy. Yeah, solution. Well, I, I can't. You can't just become less clumsy. Yeah, probably not. No, <laughs> I can't become <laughs> no. less clumsy. Probably not. <laughs> what? 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 Any? 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 Uh, EMG DLC watches on the horizon? No, I'm not really a big fan of the the black case. Um, I think we were considering it with the horizon, but um, at this point, we're not going to move forward with that. All right. So we've got a potential dual crown GMT. We've got a forty millimeter DL sixty three in the in the potential workings. And anything else? Any other EMG news you got for us right now? No, no. I think that's really about it. Uh, this is the period of the show where we usually go into uh, other things, and I say usually as if that's not going to happen. It is going to happen. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some other things right now. <laughs> uh, you, you know, and that's just sort of other things in our life that we're we're into or we're doing. You know, sometimes we talk about chicken wings or podcasts or uh all, all sorts of stuff do you do you have any uh other things that that are happening in your life that you wanted to talk about um i don't know about anything that's really happening but there's some things that i like you know i i do like you know relaxing with some video games so i do play xbox um uh-huh and and you're actually podcasting on an xbox headset right now is that right yeah 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 i, th- I thought that would be probably the best option for for voice quality i'll say the audio has been the audio at least from from my end has been great so i i think that that was a, a pretty uh that was a good move that was a good move yeah i also didn't really feel like holding a phone or trying to position a phone near my face you know for an extended period of time you know, I think, you know, some folks do it, uh, you know, with a microphone in front of the computer, but I think this By is some a... folks, you mean us. That's what we're doing currently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, pro trick, uh, pro tip, pro trick, Xbox headphone. What do you play on Xbox? Uh, I've been playing Black Ops um, and I'm waiting for the Division to come out. So I, I, I'm hoping that they they get some things right on the division so that that's kind of a controversial game does the new black ops have the same way that it did uh like 10 years ago the uh, dead ops arcade the uh above the overhead zombie shooter no no i yeah it doesn't have that i'm not really into the zombie part so i've been playing a lot of the the blackout now that's their uh that's their big p2p battle yeah their battle royale sure. How's that? How's that? Uh, I've heard nothing but good. Yeah, it's stuff a lot about of fun. It. It's it's very smooth uh, compared to the PUBG. So sure. I like PUBG as well. That was a fun game, but um, it does run smoother. We we both played uh, we both played quite a bit of uh, Fortnite when Fortnite sort of was in its was in its everybody's playing and oh my god uh, days. We both played quite a bit, but you you know it's one of those things, and I don't know if 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 the black blackout is the, is the same but you know it, it seems like the folks that are good at it are so stinking good at it that i'm never going to be able to keep up yeah i ran into that yeah i don't know i don't i don't know if there's as much skills involved as like in you know in that game you know you don't have to build and you know you just go out there and shoot people so i mean there's some strategy and there's some skill involved but i don't think there's 
as big a gap, you know, I think because it's a pretty straightforward, you know, shooter. Sure, sure. I was so bad at Fortnite. So bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never played Fortnite. You know, I just never, I don't know, I just never gave it a shot. I didn't really think I would enjoy it that much. I prefer a little bit more realistic, I guess. Um, except for Gears of War. I was a big fan of Gears Man, of War. That, I, I played I played through the original Gears of War campaign like like three times, I think. Yeah, I played Gears of War 2 at least once as well. I was never an Xbox guy. so gears of war do do you remember the first time you met a howler in gears of war that was yeah yeah probably it was like four o'clock oh man so that's so long ago man. super long ago it was like four o'clock in the morning though i remember playing this thing four o'clock in the morning um i i I can't remember i want to say i was in kim and i's first apartment You, you know up way too late on a saturday night or something playing gears of war it's black quiet raining um and you the stage is set. You come into that room, and I've never, <laughs> ever, uh, at any other time, been like blood curdled, like scared by a video game. That first time you meet that howler, and there's that screech, like was, oh my gosh! Like my, I remember my heart pumping and thinking, I might have to, I might have to turn. I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna have to turn this stupid video game. Turn off. some lights on and walk <laughs> to the room. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, I feel like I've only had experience like that once. You know, it was with Dead Space. That was a a pretty intense game. Sure, Resident Evil got me. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those Resident Evil moments were pretty scary. It, Eric, sound like you were you were about to say something, and we cut you off. Oh no, no. I think that was. <laughs> I think that was all I had to say about. That. All right. Well, what about you, Andrew? Anything? Any any other stuff going on in your life? Not really, man. I, like <laughs> you can't just not participate in the show. I, well, that's fair. So one thing, my, my I, uh, I was it was Valentine's Day this week, and my so, wife is. It's just one day. Well, it occurred this week. All right. Like Wednesday was this week. It's just one day. All right. Anyway, shit. Uh, my wife and I have a Valentine's Day tradition uh, that started, I think, the year after we got married. We order Chinese food, and we watch The Mummy. So we did that again this year, and it's... Who's in that movie? Brent, Brendan Fraser. That's what I thought. And Rachel Weisz. <laughs> okay. um, it, it, I think it holds up. I watch, I watch some of these old campy movies. I'm sure it does not. A couple times a year. <laughs> uh, like, I watch Jurassic Park probably every other month. That's a good one. Uh, I, watch, I do the Indiana Jones trilogy... Wait, you watch Jurassic Park every other month? Like Easily, yeah. Six times a year? Yeah, easy. <laughs> Maybe more. Uh, like Rain Man. <laughs> I just, I love that movie. But anyway, I, I watch The Mummy a couple times a year also. But we watch it every year on Valentine's Day. And it is such a great low-maintenance tradition. We go, we pick up food. We turn on this crappy old movie that I think holds up. Anybody else can disagree with me. And you're wrong. <laughs> And that's that's our Valentine's Day tradition. No roses, no flowers, no expensive dinner, and I love that tradition. Wapner on Wapner on Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so, so th- that's your other stuff. That's my other thing. The mummy. My Bye. Valentine's Day tradition. <laughs> All right. This is our Valentine's Day special episode. Fucker. This is not the Valentine's Day episode. We don't do that. I just did it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, some of you guys know, uh, especially if you are a follow us on Watch You Seek, um, you, you know, keep keep uh, in with that weekly thread we keep. The, about it the keeps, I don't do it. I showed up show. once. Yeah, I think you stubbed <laughs> this, popped it once and you were like, hey, and then <laughs> never to be seen again. Um, but, you know, we keep on F71. We, we maintain a thread about the show. Um, you know, basically just give people a, a chance to interact. And, and if they if they have comments or corrections, I think a lot of our, our show corrections have been from the F71 thread. But um, if, if you follow that, you'll know that we've been sort of informally thinking about the idea of a video and, and not a shift to video, as it were. Uh, but supplementing the podcast with video reviews, you know, we, we we're get... going to become YouTubers, y'all. We <laughs> we get folks like like Eric or uh, you know even just r- random folks that say, hey, you know, you guys talked about this watch. I have one. I'd be ha- willing to send it to you. Or or brands. Er- Eric um, has sent us some watches here that we've had for you know probably way longer than he wanted us to at this point. Um, 
You guys are good. So, you guys are good. Tra- <laughs> Thanks for that. We appreciate that. But you only sent us three, right? Just three? Right. right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think trying to figure out what we're going to do for, for reviews, you know, are we going to are we going to start a website? Are we going to um, do video YouTube reviews? And, and, you know, one of the things we've thought about is just tr- trying it, you know, trying to do some YouTube videos. Obviously, we have zero YouTube audience. So that's going to be something that, you know, gets built over time. And I think we probably start off with some video reviews of of either watches we own or older watches, you know, just to sort of get the wheels turning. But um we're also not attractive, so it's not like we're going to be able to generate viewership. No, right. <laughs> I mean, we might we might lose listeners. <laughs> right. So, you, I didn't realize you looked like that. <laughs> Shit, I'm out. Um, but yeah, so so that's actually not our other stuff. My other stuff is I bought a fucking microphone for my camera today. I bought a, a shotgun mic. It's a it's a Rode, an Australian company called Rode, and they're pretty much the only player in the shotgun microphone game there's some other companies that are making uh mics but Ro- Rode is is the company and they make microphones from 60 dollars to you know 300 and more that all accomplish the same thing you know essentially they're cold shoe mics they plug into the side of your camera and they and they record audio directional audio uh i picked one of these things up i got this is a you know i think it was 99 bucks it's a Rode Mic Go, Rode Mic Go, um, and it's uh, it's a cold shoe mic. It's got its own sort of built-in suspension system. Um, it doesn't have a battery, which I love. I think that's the the Go portion. Is there's no battery. Uh, you just plug it in. It it runs on the camera's power. Um, and you you know I took some videos today. My kids are in Chinese immersion school. So they learn, um, all these songs in Chinese. And then we have to go to things like Asian celebrations to hear them sing, which, uh, the food is very good, even though I can't eat it. Um, it smells great though. Right. It does smell very good. Did you bring me a doggy bag? But so I brought this thing today and I, uh, pointed it at my kids and, and took some video and got some audio and I, that's killer. I mean, super easy to use. Uh, I, I was actually really impressed with how, you know, I've got this, you know, 85-year-old Nikon um, DSLR. So much. This lens. Man, you could curl this lens. Well, that's a sweet lens. That's the 17-55. to 55. It's Super fast. It's probably the best DX lens ever made. But And I got a smoking deal on that. But, you, you know, I've got this old camera. You, you know, I plug a microphone in and it's like, holy shit, this is sweet video. It yeah. was actually pretty impressive. You, you know, shaky because I'm, you know, old and palsied. But... Uh, <laughs> Don't make... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know whatever uh so you know figure out how to get some stable video you know obviously if i'm shooting watches or whatever i'll be on a tripod but i'm i'm excited about it i i feel like first watch video i don't know what it'll be first watch video probably coming out in the next month i'd say i'm gonna do something i'm gonna record something and i'm just gonna fucking publish it because like it. the time has come it has maybe i'll try to do maybe i'll try to do this horizon here eric before we send it back yeah that sounds good I'd like to see. All right, man. I'd like to see that. <clears throat> if you guys send it back, you know. Yeah, well, like I said, it does have Andrew's name on the back of it now. And it, it, that's a deep engraving, Andrew. <laughs> I used to chisel. <laughs> oh, chisel. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll figure out what to do with that later. So. Well, Andrew, do you have anything else? I know. I, Eric, well, besides saying, Eric, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you for sharing with us these these watches. Thank you for sharing with us your story. This was super fun for us. I loved being able to get my hands on these watches. I've, they've always really excited me. Um, and being able to put my hands on them, I can tell you they're they're even better in the metal than than in pictures. Yeah. Yeah, concur. Th- thanks so much for coming on. I, I mean, Eric, any any closing thoughts from you? Uh, you know, I'm just happy to be considered to be on your show. I mean, it's been listening to you guys for a little while now. I had some trouble getting to your your podcast, but now that I got on them, you know, it's you guys are putting out some good stuff, so you know we appreciate you saying so. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. might be the only one who thinks that, but we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of ten listeners now. So right, exactly, exactly. Well, but the first one who's not related to one of us, I yeah. think. So yeah, yeah, that's good. And and our family, big big watch buyers, our families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and hopefully, I'm I'll be looking out for some sales from all of them. So <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> 
Well, as Andrew said, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we really, we really appreciate you coming on, uh, telling us about your watches, and uh, looking forward to to seeing what's next, and and maybe having you back on here uh, when you can tell us all about your new Dual Crown GMT. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Well, and to all of you, thank you for joining us for another hour of forty and twenty. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.